a really interesting thing to to read about and understand because of that fact in and of itself. It just is it's a show, it's theater. Um, and and the people that are involved in the theater really believe, except probably for a couple players, really believe in the theater. Uh, and there was a big problem within Christianity at the time where a certain guy named Arius, who was accruing a lot of followers, had a very different idea about what Christianity meant to him at least well you know i just like i like there are completely insane people throughout history and usually those insane people end up ruling and and creating uh, pathways for humans in general that we probably shouldn't be on who was saturn i mean we're talking about all of these things being the same thing somehow Historical information shows a deliberate attempt to change the face of Christianity. Could spiritual faith have been hijacked and even certain dates been changed? How about ancient pagan symbols being incorporated into Christmas celebrations over time? Hear the shocking battle between Santa Claus, Arius, Emperor Constantine, and Christendom at the Council of Nicaea that may have changed all of history. Discover strange information about Nimrod, Mithraism, and ancient cults. Between remote viewing data about the Council of Nicaea from me, John Vivanco, and investigative research on history from Rob Counts, this is going to be a metaphysical show that is out of this world. Are you listening to the Metaphysical Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere? Leave us a five-star rating and review. It's going to help us reach more people. And remember to follow, like, subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, and Facebook. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, doing well. All right. Well, in this episode, we're going to get into the nitty gritty on the Council of Nicaea, which has long been fabled to be uh, the, the meeting in which changed Christianity forever. Did it really have the effect on Christianity that everyone says? Uh, was Constantine trying to push pagan ideas into Christianity, which a lot of conspiracy theorists have claimed? Or was this council simply a council to resolve ongoing issues within um, the belief system that was early Christianity between different um, different ideas of, of who Jesus was and, and, and things like that, especially as it were in, in relationship to like um, Arius and uh, some of the players that were involved at the time. Um, so we're in, in addition, we've actually tracked down uh, sub substantial um, metaphysical evidence on whether or not Christianity has been infiltrated by paganism or whether there is a form of paganism even more ancient than Mithraism that has been, I think, interfering and or has tried to weave itself into um, into kind of our holidays and, and Christmas in general. So hold on to your hats. This is going to be a fun episode. Really interesting. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first things first is, um, you know, John, what, what, when I say, uh, the council of Nicaea, what like first comes to your mind? Like, what do you think of when you, when you think of this? Social engineering. <laughs> just go straight to it. Yeah. Why, why do you think that though? Because anytime you have 
leaders coming together to, uh, you know, whatever, do these types of things, it usually means that there's a lot of effery going on. There's a lot of planning for their own good and not the good of the people. Okay, so like in in this case, like who who who? What are the players involved that would have been kind of, you know, screwing around with things? Well, I mean, it would be from my perspective, like the main player would be the person who brought it together, which would be Constantine. Okay, I mean that would be the main thing that I would look at um, because of what I know really about Constantine in general and knowing the type of person he was and what his ultimate goals were. Right. And so for those of you guys at home, uh, we had a, a, another episode all about Constantine, his, um, you know, his coming into power, what it meant in the vision that he had where, where he saw the cross and then defeated his enemy, Maxentius, and whether or not he really did have a vision and became christian or or remained pagan so if you're interested in that you should totally watch that even before this episode because you'll get a lot of information about him uh yeah so i guess where do we start um you know there's a debate big debate among um conspiracy theorists and among christians what really what really happened like what was the council really about some people think that this entire meeting was just to um, merge Christianity with pagan, um, holidays and, um, to create the, or canonize certain books within Christianity, which actually didn't happen in this council, really, from what I can tell. Now it's impossible to know because we weren't there. So keep that in mind, right? None of us were there. No one who tells you absolutely what happened at that council knows what happened at that council because they were not there. However, um, it does look like some of these things were discussed uh, and there was a big problem within Christianity at the time where a certain guy named Arius, who was accruing a lot of followers, had a very different idea about what Christianity meant to him, at least. And there were a lot of other people that didn't agree with him. And it got to a point where there was apparently no other, there was no other resolution other than to have a council where they discussed this issue. And the issue was, was Jesus God or was Jesus the son of God, which actually Jesus claimed to be. And by son of God, it means that he's not God. He is God, but he is the son of God, means he was created by God. And there was a lot of debate at the time. Honestly, what's so strange about this is like, in my mind, I'm like, who cares? It like does not mean Jesus was not who he says he was. It literally changes nothing about what you believe about Jesus. But this idea that there, that Jesus had a father who is God, Yahweh, and that he was somehow not him, created this massive rift within Christianity. And they had yeah. to, they had to discuss. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that, John? I mean, that's like, that's, that's really what it is. I, I, I think that, okay. So, I mean, we've looked at, at the person Jesus a number of times and, and from what I've seen and what truly he was trying to do, I would say that 
300 years later, they're still trying to do something about that situation. Um, because it was so, there's an aspect of it that he was trying to teach that would, could result in, in liberation from the perspective of, of deep spiritual liberation in people that is not something that those in power want just in general. So I would even question, you know, what people think about Christianity today is, is, or could be completely wrong on what the origination of it was. Well, and, and this is where we come into, now we're trying to be sensitive about this topic because we know some people out there, you know, have strong beliefs in Christianity. We're not trying to get into any of that right now. We're just trying to track down historically what happened. And regardless of your beliefs, we support you. But however, the, the, the issue is, right, how could, and this is sort of the problem I have, is that Christians almost believe uh, <clears throat> that somehow everything that happened leading up to today within Christianity is uh, perfect. It could not have been interfered with because God's own hand personally was involved with making sure it got passed down right to today. But to say that humans can't destroy and or interfere with these things is, in my opinion, naive, because of course they can. I think this guy, Arius, having a massively different understanding than other people, they had to, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about emotions being so high at this council that Santa Claus himself, St. Nicholas, stands up in the middle of the council, council, allegedly walks over to Arius or one of the Arians, one of his followers, and punches him straight in the face. Punches Santa him straight Claus? in the face. St. <laughs> Nick. St. Nicholas, for real. He actually walked across, punches this guy in the face, and then gets arrested for it and put in prison. Now, if you think that's weird because you're like, oh, he's Christian. Why did he punch someone in the face? These weren't your average everyday Christians. We're talking about Christians that have been persecuted for hundred, like hundreds of years. These guys, many of them have scars of torture on them from this persecution. They've been living this life for years. Like, I don't think they're that, they're ready to scrap over this. <laughs> You know, St. Nick wasn't screwing around. Like he was like, no, you're wrong. I'm going to punch you in the face. And then he got arrested for it. And then there's this whole story around St. Nicholas that, you know, while he's in prison, he has this vision of Jesus. Jesus gives him his bishop robes back. And then he's, he's, you know, later on forgiven of all of this and put back as a bishop. But he was stripped of all of that after punching this dude in the face. Um, so the emotions at this, at this council were very high. But if you think about it, it's like, all Arius was saying was, hey, it's, you know, and who knows, like Arius, this guy, he probably was like very stubborn and and he was probably very egotistical too. Like there was probably a lot of this going around, but he was staying firm in his belief that Jesus was, was the son of God and that God was Yahweh who was above him. And this was just his idea. I've probably more of a Jewish, Jewish perspective on this whole thing, to be honest. Um, uh, or a Judean belief, you know, in that the hierarchy of Yahweh being at the top. Uh, but by the end of the council, 
I think maybe of the 50 or 60 people who were kind of on Arius's side, maybe only two of them were left on his side. So these other Christians who wanted everyone to believe that Jesus was of the same substance as God and not different than God, won out. Now, what's a little bit odd about this, sorry, like whoever's listening, this is this is my perspective on it is like, none of you all were there and Jesus was not there to tell you what the actual thing was, like as fact, how it worked. So these are all just human beings coming to an understanding and agreeing on an understanding. And they're willing to get pretty down and dirty because of it. We have Constantine during this, during this council, literally like if people are, are being too rowdy or I mean, Constantine was from some of the reports that I saw, allegedly people were getting executed just from that. Like this is still the Roman empire. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that, John? Well, yeah. I mean, going back to like, like the whole trying to reframe, trying to understand how they're going to portray this, uh, to people, um, and the, the council, so to speak, um, I, it really comes down to Constantine. It's not necessarily the council that's going to do anything. It is Constantine that is going to do it, right? That's, that's really what it comes down to. And the fact that he's executing people in this process is like, well, yeah, you know, you know what this is all about. This is not, this is just a, a it's a, it's just to give people a little bit of, well, the greatest minds are surrounding this in order to figure it out situation, but it's not about that. There's only one mind in this, that being Constantine. So, and it, that's the thing. So yeah, you know, reminder, it's like, we're not, we're not talking about necessarily, we're not talking about like what you believe or don't believe. We're talking about a historical event that occurred. Yeah. And then also, you know, it was said that Constantine was somewhat, um, absent from these meetings. Like he was just like, look, uh, I've created a platform for you guys, work it out. And right. um, Arius at the end of this, Arius is exiled. He's exiled. So <clears throat> I find this a little bit strange that we're talking about Christians that had been persecuted for 300 years. And they're, so they have been the victims of intolerance for about 300 years. And they're now being extremely intolerant to another Christian who has a slightly different understanding of how things are in his understanding. It's just his understanding. It doesn't really threaten other people, except that the Christians viewed it as threatening other people because he was gaining followers who believed what he believed, and they thought this was a threat. So they, he gets exiled, but now he's exiled uh, to an island or something like that. I can't remember exactly where. But then later on, this guy who seems to be like the enemy here at this council gets reinstated as a bishop later on. So he's forgiven for this by Constantine later on. Again, Constantine seemingly playing all sides here. Like he's given a platform for these the growing Christian population to work some of this stuff out as canon. He's considered a Christian, but hasn't been baptized yet. Right. And they, and, and it's like all these guys that are getting ousted or then he's bringing back in and they're being forgiven later. 
So uh, almost like anything goes here a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like just, he's just like letting it roll. I mean, he didn't actually care um, where they took it to. It didn't matter to him. In fact, I mean, the more raucous it got, the better it was for him in general, you know, because it's like, it's, 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 it's almost just like he's letting it play out between these people. Um, but he doesn't care. Ultimately, he just doesn't care yeah. about that. Aspect. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's like lackadaisical about it, right? Right, right. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's uh, a really interesting thing to, to read about and understand because of that fact in and of itself. It just, it, it's a show, it's theater. Um, and, and the people that are involved in the theater really believe, except probably for a couple of players, really believe in the theater, right? Really believe that, that what they're doing is absolutely important when it doesn't mean a thing to Constantine. Okay, so now there's a lot of, so there's, a, there's some other things going on here that come into play. One of the things that was determined at this council was that Jesus's birthday would be celebrated on December 25th. Okay, this is probably one of the things that actually came out of it that his birthday yeah. would be this. Oh, geez. They decided on that. They yeah. they decided that, but they could not decide on Easter when he was resurrected. So that did not get that did not really get determined here. Uh, I think later on it it was determined, and and everybody has to understand. Like some people claim that that the the books of the Bible were determined at this council. It may have been discussed, but we're talking about multiple councils over maybe an 800-year period where this was nailed down. So not all of this happened at the Council of Nicaea. And a lot of people do think all of this happened at the Council of Nicaea. So it was a much longer process. I mean, sure, it, it yeah. would have to be, right? Like, think about like all of the things that kind of come into play. Now, <clears throat> some Christian um, historians believe that this is sort of a um a, a null point really like it's not this doesn't really matter because when you're talking about the there's like a couple of variations of the bible some believe that there's like certain books are canon and others will add in a couple of other books every once in a while and they believe those are canon however um if you take out those two books, it doesn't really change any of the teachings or, or anything. It's still the same overall um, Christianity. So it sort of doesn't really matter. Um, now, I probably disagree with this ultimately because I think there, I think these things have been altered, but that's neither here nor there. This can be discussed another time and some of the books that may have been uh, taken out or um, you know, especially when it comes into like looking at the entire Apocrypha and what was in there, what are some of these books in there and whether or not they're relevant or they would change Christianity. I think those top, like those discussions probably should be had maybe at another time. Uh, but if December 25th is being chosen as the day of Jesus's birth, this is a serious thing. Like, where does that date come from? Because you have some Christians, they just start arguing endlessly now about, dates. Okay. And the, the, like, no one knows when Jesus was born. No one knows what month and day Jesus was born. Anyone telling you that they know that date is lying because they weren't there. They don't know. And it wasn't recorded. Right. So that number one is an issue. 
that needs to be recognized, at least, I think. Two is you have a lot of historians saying that Jesus was crucified on the day that he was conceived. Jesus, this is believed that Jesus was crucified on the day that he was conceived. And they believe that day conveniently to be March 25th, which is not exactly nine months before December 25th. So they have they've nailed down the birth of Christ as December 25th. But you have to admit that that day is very convenient considering the Church of Latter-day Saints believes that Jesus was born in April. These historians believe he was actually born in April, not in not in December, okay? But what did happen in December? Well, for years and years and years, the holiday of Saturnalia you know, Rome was was called Saturnia for a while. The the festival of Saturnalia was held for twelve days. Some say it was seven days. Some say it was like less, but generally speaking, about twelve days, which started on the seventeenth, and then went for twelve days. During this time, everything in Rome was kind of turned on its head. Like the slaves there became sort of like they would start getting served by their masters. Like it was just a time of, I guess, a lot of just shaking things up in the area, gift giving, all kinds of things. But this was the most prominent holiday back in the day. And it, and it happened between the 17th and the 25th. Now, why is this relevant? Well, what else happens? Like, what? Why was why was this considered the time that they would celebrate? It's because of the winter solstice. Yeah, but ultimately, that's the, that's like the winter solstice. And a lot of cultures did their own thing at that time, but it was a time for celebration. But it was not just a time for celebration, but it was a time for protecting yourself in the dark, dark of winter, and the whole. The whole idea that the sun is getting weaker and dying, right? Here we go, like going like Mithraic, right? The sun yeah. is 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 dying in ancient cultures. I mean, this is how it was represented, dying. And then during that time that the sun is dying, the dark beings, the demons come out and roam the earth, right? And then when you have the solstice occur the next day, it is back to life again and the sun's getting strong the sun god is back right and so you've got this you've got this these ceremonies around that and literally like like staying up all night on the solstice is a thing was a thing right because you had to stay up all night in order to keep the demons at bay because that is the worst night it's like an extension of halloween you know some cultures like the, the Celtics, I think the Celtics kind of celebrated Halloween on that day <laughs> because that that is actually the darkest night where you get the most uh, dark spirits roaming the earth for right when the sun's dying and then he comes back to life and everybody's fine. He's safe. So that I mean, cultures across this planet just had that time for their celebrations, heathenistic cultures, right? Because you're talking about they worship the sun god, they worship the sun. Yeah, because of a lot of because of agriculture. Uh, yeah. Now that's a that's a really simplistic way to look at it. Mm, you know, I think a lot of 
a lot of historians would have you believe it's like, oh, it's innocent agriculture. Everything revolves around food and that's why they did it. But it was darker than that. I'll, like, I'll tell was. you, like, like, like I have had experiences and I, I didn't know this. Like I, this is before I researched some of this stuff and then started remote viewing on some of it. I've had experiences where, cause I'm a sensitive person and I could feel when there are things around me, cause we live in a, a multidimensional fishbowl. Uh, and, and there are more <laughs> great way to describe it. There are more beings around us than there are humans on this planet, basically. I mean, there we were layered into astral realms with other beings in other realms. And I've had the experience many times on the solstice night of, of seeing beings much clearer and getting attacked by these beings. You know, and so this is happening. I'm going, what is going on here? And then I start researching the solstice and I find that, well, certain cultures will stay up all night in order to ward them off because that is when they roam the earth the most. So it's weird. It's kind of like, <clears throat> is this sort of a, a manifestation, like a tulpa of a, of a collective consciousness that brings this forward? Or is this because I didn't have that idea before. <clears throat> I thought it occurred like around Halloween, right? Right. If anything. Because that's what we're told, right? Right. But but you get to that date and like I started to experience that and didn't know of this stuff. So I couldn't have created it with my mind. So it's either something that's truly happening or it's some kind of group manifestation through the fear of it throughout thousands of years. Yeah. Um that's really interesting, and I think uh, it's. I've often wondered that after I've started researching this stuff, is why why Halloween? Why Halloween was placed at October thirty first? Um, and you know, I think there's uh, there's other reasons for that, but but you're exactly right. Like Saturnalia was being um, on the surface celebrated because oh, the sun is coming back, the sun god is coming back, but it's also the darkest night of the year, and I mean that in a metaphysical <clears throat> sense, right? And so we have. We have this this holiday being celebrated like that for years and years and years, and and isn't it convenient that this date gets gets put right right in the mix of Christianity? Now, a lot of people don't know this, but I, I ended up tracking down some some more information about December twenty fifth because I was curious. I was like, well, there's got to be more to this date, right? It can't just be a random date because the, the why not put his birthday on December 21st then because December 21st is the equinox so this is not in relationship to that and then all these Christians being like look why are they saying that Jesus's birth was December 25th or sorry why were they saying that you know uh, December 25th means anything uh, when when the Roman calendar didn't even exist previous in previous years right like so there's all of this confusion around a lot of this culture. But what about the December 25th is important? Well, we are using the Gregorian calendar right now. During Roman times, they were using the Julian calendar. Do you know what date the winter solstice was in the Julian calendar? The 25th. December 25th. <laughs> yeah. So now we have Jesus's birthday being put on the, Jul the Julian calendars winter solstice and that date never changed when the gregorian calendar took took over right so there is now a direct relationship to the the pagan 
um, rituals and 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 dates here. This isn't just a random date. So so then it comes to well, what is what is the significance of this and why? Right. You start looking into this a little bit more, and you, we we start seeing other strange things come up. Now, did all of this happen at the Council of Nicaea? I don't know. I wasn't there, but. And I, I do think that this happened over a long period of time. But is it easier to, to allow society to accept Christianity when you're merging it with a current culture or creating a completely new culture that changes everything? And it's pretty, pretty straightforward. It's easier to merge, right? Okay, so this could have just been naturally some of this happened. But the symbolism in Christianity is among the most curious there are certain things in Christian culture that are hard to understand where they came from, like ho the holly, holly wreaths, certain wreaths, like Hollywood was always used in pagan, um, like mystery arts. It was considered to be a more magical substance. They would make wands out of Hollywood, and it's called Hollywood. You know, for a reason, the magic of Hollywood, they're always saying that, which is kind of odd if you think about it. Yeah. And then you've got then you've got this thing called the Yule Tide, right? Yule Yule logs were for a really long time, even before pine trees were being well, were as prominent being used for Christmas trees. The Yule log was burned on December 24th. Um, and then you have a a tree that goes up and gets decorated. Do you know where any of this is from? No, where's it? Where's this from? There are some conspiracy theorists out there. We have to go way back in time here. All right. There are, there are some people that started to point to a more deceptive, a more base pagan culture than that of Rome or Greece, because those were considered pagan cultures, right? If you go back even further, you have the Babylonian paganism that basically came about shortly after the flood. There are some conspiracy theorists out there that assert that December 25th was Nimrod's birthday in the Julian calendar, mind you not the Gregorian. And then you have Christians that are saying, well, hey, that's impossible. How would you know that? Back in the day, uh, there was no calendar back in Babylonian times. So how would you know Nimrod's birthday was December 25th? There was no December 25th back there. That's not relevant because Nimrod's birthday was always celebrated on the winter solstice. <laughs> All right, so Nimrod... Nimrod, if I recall, was he was like the great grandson of Noah or something like that, right? And yes. he was the guy that built the Tower of Babel, right? Yeah. I mean, this is like out of the Bible. I mean, that's what it says, right? Okay, that's 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 fascinating. Um, so, what's the deal with that? That's very strange. Well, I don't, yeah. I don't, okay, okay, but it's, okay. So let's like let's back up a second because let's back up. you've you've got like 
So you've got the Council of Nicaea and you've got all of these other traditions. You've got Saturnalia, you've got Nimrod, you've got Mithra's birthday, the 25th. You've got other other yes. cultures that are, um, well, they call them heathenistic because they worship different gods and they use holly sticks and magic um, in order to like get through their world, their experience to survive on planet Earth. But a lot of this like like points consolidates itself celebration time around <clears throat> the death and the birth of the sun. Gosh, that sounds a little Christian to me. And so so this is what I find most fascinating, especially when it comes to the Council of Nicaea. The relationship between Mithra and the birth of Mithra and and that connection to the old world of what's called heathenistic practices to the new world of of henotheistic or monotheistic christianity right this this convergence absolute convergence point and and when we look at constantine with remote viewing data his idea was to take over christianity literally to take over christianity and and push everything that he believed in under the surface of it and then move it to the top so that it's sitting all entwined within it and he i know started, get, he started what? dressing jesus as a roman soldier right the, the people that persecuted <clears throat> jesus to death they they started showing jesus dressed as a roman soldier and constantine yeah. was somehow you know his herald here on earth Right, exactly. And so, so when I, and I know this is the kind of talk that, that people will get real pissed off about, you know, the stuff that I'm saying here and what we've seen with remote viewing. But when I look at what he did and what his intentions were, he was coming from a different belief system. Christianity was taking over the world. It's not necessarily what he wanted. And he also wanted what we're talking about with Mithraism was more of a little bit, not more of, but a little bit like a mystery school. Like, like when you have um, Mithra sacrificing the bull and around him, he's got like a, he's got a scorpion, he's got a raven, he's got a dog in that process, right? He is basically... It's a, it's, it's a, it's a cosmology. It's talking about stars. It's talking about, uh, astrology to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of the more, what, what they call heathenistic type cultures looked at the stars influence and changing of the ages. See, this is like, there are so many things in this that it, it goes into even the, the way that the Vedas and the Hindus perceive the ages and how important it is to keep track of the star systems out there. So we know what's coming next because there's an, a record of it, right? So that was the stuff that was like taught in Mithraism that we saw, saw with remote viewing. These are astrological star-based constructs in, in the iconography of Mithraism. And, and that he wanted to embed also within Christianity so that for those who have the eyes to see can see it. And so when you get to what Christianity is today, what people think of it, it's not what it was before this event. 
and it gets crazier because you you brought up Mithra. Mithra is, uh, you know, this god of the sun that the elites were worshiping in these Roman secret societies, these cults, right? Apollo also is being worshipped by these emperors. Apollo is the god of the sun. Mithra is the god of the sun. And now you have Nimrod coming into the mix because they're, they've determined that this birthday must be celebrated on December 25th, which is the winter solstice in, in the Julian calendar. Okay. So then if you go back in time, and we're talking about now the... It's, it's as far back in time that we can remember is after the flood, everyone is told, spread out on the earth. Do not go to a certain place, but spread out. Nimrod completely denies this. He takes a bunch of his people over and creates the first massive civilization called Babylon. And they call it Babylonian magic because Nimrod was basically bringing in everything that they could possibly remember from before the flood, all of the wretched things that had basically gotten them eliminated and canceled and destroyed off the face of the earth. He's trying to bring into this one world order that he's created this and he's building this tower in defiance of god he wants to like build a tower to heaven or something yeah right? he, That's he, his, he, yeah yeah he believes that the higher he can get the more he can use his magic to get there essentially and and we don't know we weren't there we don't know exactly what happened but nimrod is also known as sargon and now when you're talking about sargon Sargon the first and Sargon the second, there's a little bit of confusion as to who is who. And there's a reason for that because when Nimrod was here, his uncle Shem ended up killing Nimrod. So they assassinated Nimrod when Nimrod was at the height of his power. And Nimrod was doing a lot of crazy things when he was on this earth. He had married his own mother and impregnated her, and she was pregnant with his baby when he got killed by his uncle, Shem. Okay, Shem and his boys, who assassinated him, cut his body into several pieces, and then burned his body. The Yule Log. Oh, man. Wait, they, they cut his body into several pieces? Yes. This is making so much sense yes. to me now after looking at this with remote viewing. <laughs> okay. All right. I can't wait to hear that, but let me get through this story. So they cut his body up, and then they burn his body because this guy is the most evil dude ever, right? His mother, who was arguably just as evil or more evil than him, goes outside the next morning, probably concocts this idea. She sees the day before, I guess the story goes, she sees a stump in the middle of the courtyard. The next day she comes out and an entire pine tree, evergreen, had grown in the spot where this stump, this dead stump was. And she knew when she saw that, that the baby in her stomach was the reincarnation of Nimrod. So Tammuz, her son, her son Tammuz, that's his name, is now Nimrod II, also known as Sargon II. And every year he would go into the forest and he would adorn a pine tree. Every year. On the winter solstice. So 
That is insane. We burn the Yule log on December 24th because it symbolizes Nimrod's body being burned by Shem. And we adorn the tree as the re the 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 resurrection of Nimrod. Yeah. Now, before John tells us his remote viewing data, this is a little heavy what I just delivered to everyone. I just kind of want to say this: like, none of this means anything. These occultists are out of their bloody minds. And if you're a Christian and you believe what you believe, you just do your thing. You know, the right the guy upstairs is going to hear you, right? We're just talking about history. We're just I talking mean... about history here, and we're trying to track this down because <laughs> everything's been screwed with these days, and we need to talk about it. But with that said, Everything. John, hit us with your remote viewing data on this whole thing. All right, so right off the bat, like uh, data on Nimrod as a as an individual, he was he was like stark raving mad like in absolutely insane <laughs> well they call them nimrods for a reason right like people will call other people nimrods he had serious developmental disabilities and and he was like in the data it's like describing him always like looking up to to heaven and being angry like being angry and in a desirous mode and, and his whole desire was to somehow like, you know, the, the Tower of Babel, somehow get up there because he felt like he should rule there or be there. It was like his, he was insane, absolutely bonkers. Like <clears throat> some of the data just describes him in this field forest of trees kind of thing and just alone and sort of crouched and 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 laughing hysterically to himself and then enacting whatever plan he had i mean the guy was batch he was just gone and so 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 when you get to like this whole thing about the tree the tree that people now use for christmas the tree that he apparently grew into after shem burned him <laughs> This is all part of that. This is literally all part of that. Like this is this is this is when that idea was created. Seriously. Because because it wasn't it, it wasn't necessarily like Now whether it happened truly for real or not, I don't know. But this is some something in the madness of Nimrod that was created in order for for him to get people to worship him. Right. Like whether it was created or not, history, when it, history talks about this kind yeah. of stuff, I don't know. Even the remote viewing data is scant on that side, mm. whether it truly happened that way. But this is something that was in his mind, in other words. Right. So from that data, I can say that we can take what people do now, as far as a Christmas tree goes, and relate it back to something that at the very least he concocted at the very least, which is absolutely mind blowing. And so this dude was mad. He was insane. It's like, like one of the things that we've seen in remote viewing data with, with, cause we've done so much work. I've done so much sure. work in remote viewing people who have, um, who are schizophrenic in order to help people. Right. 
people who are schizophrenic or, or, or do negative things because they have some kind of mental disability, we do often see like on a, on a spiritual layer, on a spiritual level that they are being influenced by something else. Remember we live in this like, like yeah. multidimensional fishbowl, right? Right. And, and as much as we think that we are private within our own mindscape, we are not. And other beings seek to influence and play with because they can. And so when somebody has a, a very strong mental disability like that, they usually have a lot more plugs into them from those types of beings, oh, those yeah. types of things. And that was apparent with... Nimrod, like he he's being influenced, like he could have been schizophrenic, like being influenced by even like multiple different dimensions with what he was doing. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And then his mother, <laughs> dude. OK, look, when he was around, his mother was very manipulative. They were worshiping Nimrod as the sun god, and they were worshiping his mom as the mother of Earth. And then what it was is that. You worship Nimrod at Christmas, and you worship who at Easter? People don't even know where the word Easter came from. Easter came from her name. Uh, like her, her, she was considered uh, Astareth or something, and that changed into Easter. Ashra, the Ashra pole, the Maypole. Yes. The main, the Asherah pole. Yes. So, so it was also thought that Asherah was the wife of Yahweh. That's like one of those things that, 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 uh, a maybe, lot of people don't want to look into, Maybe she, but okay. when you get into the, I don't know. Right. What's really fascinating here is that, okay. So when you get into these, the comparative mythology and all these stories of, of, of different gods, there's, there's always that, like the brother, sister the they're like um they're this they're the same soul in a sense they're portrayed as the same soul and the brother and sister will will have a child and then and then the the brother will die and then the brother will be reborn through uh the sister and become the son who will then marry the mother and so it's, there's a cycle right in or in, but we're talking about a spiritual cycle we're not talking about human physical when you do this in the human physical <laughs> No, yeah. everything's going to go wrong with it. Um, <laughs> and so the Habsburgs have something these... to say about that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you don't want to like, you know, you don't want to have that cousin lip, you know? So, so w when you, when you get to these people who are in power and, and the whole construct of how the gods, cause they knew about the gods that were in different realms that were influencing, they tried to follow that. Right. They tried to follow that. And the more mad they were, the more tightly they would try to follow that. So it's very strange. And it's but it's also it's also very um well expectant that a mad person who had power like that would do something like that. Yeah, and so her so Nimrod's mother's name was Semiramis, but later associated herself with this goddess of the earth or the earth god in egyptian culture she was called isis right she was the this is like this what you were what we were just talking about like this mm, sort of like mother wife he called her his mother wife <laughs>
And, you know, this idea that she was earth and he was sun and that they should be worshipped as such. And then you have this Babylonian paganism slowly changing slightly throughout time, being merged with other things until you've got this Mithraism cult where the sun god is being worshipped. Apollo is being worshipped. The Roman emperors are considering themselves to be allegiant to this thing, whether in a secret society or outwardly. And so we have the same problems coming from after the flood that are still haunting us to this day, just because Nimrod didn't listen to his his great-grandfather Noah. Well, he's a Nimrod, so he hey. was a Nimrod, and he was a Nimrod because he built the the Tower of Babel, trying to now all all other a few other interesting things I found on the way is that this Tower of Babel that he built was supposed to be so large that from a distance it didn't look very big, because its base was so massive that it almost looked like, you know, when you see a mountain in the distance, it may not look that big. You get closer and closer to it, and it just like, it's way up there into the sky. Well, apparently it was so big that it was similar to that. And the Mayans and the Incas were allegedly building their <clears throat> their uh, pyramids after the Tower of Babel. And the reason why the sacrifices were done on it is because this is what they remembered from the old Babylonian days, 2600 BC when Nimrod had created Babylon. I mean, we still have so many things in our culture, so many symbols from that. We call babies, babies. Like it, it came from that. It's like, it's like child of Babylon. It's freaky, dude. Like there's so many things in our culture that still come from this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's uh, the influence has has been there all along and nobody really knows it. I mean, come on. I mean, like, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're burning Yule logs and and waiting for the rebirth of the Christmas tree, you know? Yeah. Waiting for the rebirth of, it's of, Saturnalia. of Nimrod. It's Saturnalia right. all over again. And, you know, it's like, what? who was Saturn really? I mean, who was Saturn? I mean, we're talking about all of these things being the same thing somehow, you know? And right. it's... Well, you know, it's like, I, like there are completely insane people throughout history. And usually those insane people end up ruling and and creating pathways for humans in general that we probably shouldn't be on um, (laughs) or pay any attention to, but they get imbued within our culture and we just don't think anything of it. And, and, uh, you know, it's like not, it's from a, like a Christian standpoint, it's like, if anything is different or influenced it they want to perceive it as being evil, but not all of it is evil. Some of it is just out of convenience. Yeah. Some of it is like, like when Richard Nixon, like literally created a longer weekend, I think for president's birthdays or something, put it all into one day. And then you just celebrate it on Friday or Monday. So you get, so the, so the human slaves get a longer like break. Right. I mean, out of convenience, some of this stuff is put together. And then people argue about whether, someone was really born on that day or not. It's just the fact that the 25th is the rebirth of the sun, which was so important to ancient people, like not just the Christians, not just, um, 
the Nordics, not, I mean, it was so important because that's when you could start growing, where you begin to think about growing food again and surviving for another year. Well, and you know, from, from the way they describe our civilization too, like obviously a lot of those things that had led to, led up to, you know, Christ's birth, uh, were, were a history that were just, it was around for a long time. I mean, people were doing these things for a really long time. They had their, yeah. their daily routines. They had their yearly routines, certain things that they were doing. <clears throat> you know, maybe some of it wasn't as nefarious as it seems. Maybe some of it was just, well, hey, let's just appropriate this and move it all into one thing, and then everyone's going to be able to celebrate it. And who cares, honestly? It's like if you're in yeah. your heart you're celebrating something that's important to you, that's what matters. Do that. You're, you're, you know? But you're, you're talking about statesmen. You're talking about people who who want power and control, who right. are trying to consolidate. And that's really what it what it like the huge part of this, like strictly from a physical 3D standpoint, mm-hmm. you're looking at people who are wanting to consolidate more and more and more power. And that's exactly what Constantine was doing. Oh, yeah. He was not a Christian. Constantine was not a Christian. Even even when you get to the baptism at the end of his life. That was all planned out. He did it on his deathbed. To... Right. Yeah. He's like, let me send, was... let me send my whole life so that at the end of my life I can get baptized and have it washed all away. It wasn't about that though. Yeah. It was it was about to f- further consolidate control into his own legacy. Right. That's what it was about. They don't. That guy at least he didn't look at it in terms of. Um, right or wrong for himself. He looked at it as how do I create my legacy on what I believe and the integration of those things with what currently people believe so that I can control more. That's that's what it came down to. Well, hey, you guys at home or listening to this, if you've been interested in this conversation, you should definitely go to rise.tv and check out our Relics of Power series, where we've talked about all kinds of ancient relics everywhere from the Holy Grail, the Spear of Destiny, the Ark of the Covenant, you name it, we have probably have a show on it. And these were done really well. They're documentary style. They go over a lot of the history around these things. And uh, it's like um, the real story of Indiana Jones, but you're kind of like watching along. It's real fun. Well, and hey, uh, I think this was really fascinating conversation. Um, thanks a lot for being with us, John. I yeah. hope you guys at home like this. Please leave us a comment below. Let us know what you think, uh, especially if we missed anything or 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 just if you want. Oh, we missed a lot. <laughs> I guarantee you. That. I know, I know. But the main things, I think we've got pretty well here. We covered a lot of the confusion that I think are going on on both sides of the camp. And again, I can't say this enough. Like none of this really matters. It's like you know, where, where your heart's at really matters. Um, that's the important thing. We're just trying to track down history, try to figure out some of these things, um, and, uh, live in reality really with, you know, how human beings function and what's really going on. So, um, yeah, with that said, John, thanks again for being with us. Uh, and yeah, for those of you at home, we hope you guys thought that this was as out of this world as we did.